0: Happy Tuesday, everyone. You're listening to Downtown Dish. I'm your host, Julie Townsend. We are going to start off the show, as always, plugging the upcoming events. And uh, we have quite a few fun things coming up in the month of February. So you'll want to make mental notes or pull out your phone and jot these down on your calendars. Uh, On February 2nd is our Mardi Gras First Friday event. That is one of the favorites of the year. Uh, we'll have beads being thrown from the balcony from diversified retirement planning planners, uh, partners actually, partners above Harry's. They usually have a, a little gathering and they throw beads down to the crowd a few times through the evening. Uh, we will have uh, stilt walkers and jugglers and Uh, face painters and other fun activities uh, sprinkled throughout the event. And of course, we have all of our many business exhibitors. We're encouraging them to decorate their booths uh, with Mardi Gras fare and um, have some fun trinkets to to hand out. Uh, The Classic Car Show is on Tennessee for every first Friday. And of course, we have our Maker's Market on North Kentucky, north of the railroad track. So lots of fun things to do. February 2nd, First Friday, Mardi Gras theme. Uh, we also will have adult beverages for purchase in the footprint of the event. And you can also walk around, uh, get your favorite beverages from your bars and restaurants downtown and walk out in plastic cups and enjoy the, the festivity. So one of the few First Fridays that we have an alcohol permit from the state for. So, uh, you know enjoy enjoy the festivities with uh perhaps someone will do a a hurricane or something and and have have that uh as a walk around beverage we'll we'll keep you posted and then on february 10th is the valentine night market uh that will happen directly after the farmers curb market that day of course the market farmers market is every saturday eight to two and on february 10th we will uh Shut the market down, farmers' market, and then reopen as the Valentine Night Market with some new vendors moving in. So five to nine p.m. on February tenth is Valentine's Night. Valentine Night Market. All right. So in the studio with me today is Fred Kaler. Hello, Fred. Hello. So Fred is. I mean, you have so many. You've been around for a long time, Fred. Not that you're an old man. By far, you're you're very spry.
1: Yes. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah. I'm going to get off my lawn.
0: Um. <laughs> but Fred, you are, you you. a lot of people know who you are, so hopefully a lot of people that are listening to the show will recognize you as a man about town, um, but I wanted you to talk kind of about your professional journey because you are a very successful uh, writer and illustrator and I want you to talk about that, but... You also uh, have launched sort of a new, um, uh, is it a business? B- it is, yes. Okay, yes. at Catapult. And that's different from from your writing and illustrating. And so I think it's a really, I think it's very interesting. And I and I wanted to have you be able to share that with as many people as possible. All three people that listen to this show <laughs> are going to be dazzled by what you say, I'm sure. So, but before we get into your uh, sort of um new business venture kind of tell us how you're already a successful entrepreneur businessman in this town
1: oh goodness well thank you thank you for that introduction and yeah so i've been in and around lakeland since 1998 that's when i moved here from sebring florida i grew up in grew up in a place even smaller um you know and and but lakeland has boomed since uh since i moved here so it's been really neat to see the growth Uh, yeah no um (laughs) But yeah, I always wanted to work in the arts. I always knew I wanted to work in the arts. Uh, and back in my hometown in Sebring, you know, I, I became like a cub reporter at age sixteen for my hometown newspaper. I, I just loved being a part of the the journalistic writing kind of ecosystem. And when I came to uh, when I came to Lakeland and went to Florida Southern College, did the same thing. So I was you know a, a reporter for the uh, Lakeland. Uh, Flora Southern's newspaper. I edited the yearbook, um, and you know it, <laughs> you
0: were that guy.
1: I I just yeah. It's yeah. it was an industry. Uh, it's an industry that I that I love, um, and so I always I I always imagined that um, real artists, quote unquote, real artists, you know, were uh, like hovering over the the final wick of their last candle <laughs> in some apartment <laughs> in New York City as right. they slowly starved to death. Like right. it, yeah, right. and and. I knew that I I did not want to be that kind of artist because you know I because I like food. Um yeah. so And living. Right. Right. So I studied graphic design because I knew that that was that was a a form of art that was in a commercial space so that like it was kind of like the backup plan if all else fails <laughs> I can design logos for dentists.
0: That's you know? right. And
1: and there's nothing wrong with designing there's nothing logos nothing for dentists. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, so the the dream, however, was always to pursue something in the publishing industry. I love I loved books. I, I was a big reader growing up. And so, um, you know, essentially, I as I worked in – as a graphic designer, I worked for public supermarkets. I had my own ad agency for a while. I would just continue to teach myself how to draw. And as the tools kind of developed, like digital art became – like it became really, really easy – to draw digitally. So I taught myself how to illustrate and I started going to these conferences where you could potentially meet with art directors from New York City and, you know, and find these opportunities uh, in the book publishing world. Um, that took me a solid, and people people think I'm an overnight success, but it was a solid <laughs> 10 years uh, to become an overnight success of, you know, going to one or two conferences every year, spending all of my vacation time, all of my vacation money, um, to just get the opportunity to get in front of these folks and to have them look at my portfolio, to look at the stories I was working on and give me feedback., uh, so I would take that feedback. I would go back, I would redraw everything. I would rewrite uh. everything. and and you know, ten years later, they were like, You know what, Fred? you you you're ready. Like mm. your work is ready. And that's kind of just been, I don't know that was the first time I was told that uh, it it was it felt like a life-changing moment because yeah. somebody said, because somebody looked You're at my work, enough. yep, and said, <laughs> you, "You've put in the work, yeah. and and your work is ready." Uh, and and that person, that art director, did not offer me a book deal, but uh, she closed my portfolio, handed it back to me, and said, "Now go have a great career, and let me know when you you know when you sell your millionth mm-hmm. copy." Um, and and that was just such a it was such a great moment. Uh, for for me as a as an artist. Yeah. Wow, that's
0: uh. So when. You said ten years later, so two thousand eight, ish. I'm gonna,
1: mm-hmm. go with, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go with yeah. I'm gonna go with two thousand eight ish.
0: So you're a decade in of being this this successful writer publisher.
1: Yeah, yeah. Illustrator, I should say. Sorry. Yeah, and so what that you know what that art director had recommended that I do was uh, again uh, okay. So so here's the Lakeland connection to all okay. this. Okay, this is a good story. So. <laughs> It was it was Mitchell's coffee shop, which is one of mm-hmm. my faves. That was your um, office for it was a really my, long time. It was. It was, <laughs> and and I'm sitting in there with my son, who was 18 months old at the time, uh, and and we were supposed to be having like a you know dad son kind of morning. So I'm trying to draw. He's trying to drink the you know the hot sauce and dump out the salt and pepper <laughs> shakers, and. And when I got home, I was so frustrated with, with how he had behaved and how I had behaved that I looked at my por- I looked in my sketchbook, and there was nothing but this image of these two elephants who were trunk to trunk staring each other down, <laughs> and they were both angry. And, and that became mm-hmm. the cover of my first book uh, <laughs> called How to Cheer Up Dad. Right. And it was that image, that sketch, really rough, loose sketch that this art director saw and was like, hey, mm. wh- what's this? I'm like, I don't know. It's a sketch. And she's just like, no, this is you. Like everything else in your portfolio is crap. But this, this is you. So redraw Ah. all of it to look like this.
0: Interesting. Put this
1: image on a postcard and you're going to get your first book deal. And so I just did what she said. I redrew everything in that style. I put the image on the postcard and I had – Three three different publishers call me based on the postcard and say, "Hey, we want to do a book with you."
0: That is awesome. So, does your son take full credit for that now?
1: Um, no, no. Okay. He, he's old enough now that he's probably embarrassed that I tell the story.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's pretty cool. I, I wish we're on radio, so we can't show your illustrations. But I know we're gonna plug where people can can find your books, obviously, and maybe even just see see some covers and and um, enjoy. Uh, Enjoy your artwork because it is pretty amazing. So, we're going to come back with Fred Kaler right after the break. So, stick with us. You're listening to Downtown Dish. I'm your host Julie Townsend. With me today is Fred Kaler, local, uh, famous local writer illustrator. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Lakeland so getting, famous. That's right. Lakeland famous. Uh, so we were talking in the first segment, kind of, you know, how you how you came about to get your first book deal, right? And it's uh, your book is called How to Cheer Up Dad, and uh, you told us the story of how that sort of the image of that became the inspiration of that image, and how that sort of launched your sort of path of of your style, I guess, if you will. So now, how many books do you have now? What? How did that transform your career? That that first book.
1: Yeah, so uh, it was it was just Penguin at the time, so it was Penguin Books, and now they're Penguin Random House. But Penguin had signed it up for a two book deal, and uh, and so the first one came out, and you know got some really good reviews and um, was well liked, and so they wanted to do the second book with the same character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, in the meantime, so here's the thing: once you've actually like gotten a book deal, it becomes a little bit easier to get the next one and the next yeah. one and the next one because yeah. you become a known quantity in the right. industry uh so um i was i didn't have an agent at the time so i was able to i was able to get my first agent um after you know after that book deal came through and then um the agent went out and found a publisher that was looking for new illustration talent so they signed me up for i want to say five books uh in a row this nice. yeah this and it was a smaller publisher but what was really neat and and um you know this is this is just kind of the cool thing about being uh, an artist and working with words and pictures is uh, the first book that they sent me and and asked me if I wanted to illustrate it. So they were like, well, we don't want you to write one, but we want you to illustrate Mm -hmm. one. So they sent me uh, this, you know, it's a Word document, essentially, that was Mm -hmm. written by somebody else. And it was so funny because all it said, like, I opened this Word document and all it said was, one day I went to school, I came home, the end. One day I lost my dog, I found him, the end. One day I hid from my brother. He found me. The end. And it was so interesting to me huh. because it was like all these little beginnings and endings but no middles uh-huh. of all these stories. And and I thought to myself, you know what? This is exactly how my kids tell me stories. <laughs> it's like, what happened at school today? I went. I came home. What else do you want? You know? Yeah. And, <laughs> And Which was when I realized the genius of what this writer had done is she had essentially left all the middles open to interpretation. Uh, and so she created a palette for me to play with right. as the illustrator. And so I just went to town. Like, so I, did you
0: illustrate what happened in the middle?
1: I illustrated. Yeah, I just came up with all my own oh. ideas of what happened in the middle. And so, you know, on the first scene, it was like one, it started off one day I went to school and I show a little girl walking to school and then I show her seeing a cat and then she follows the cat and then she forgets her backpack because she was chasing the cat up a tree and then she didn't have her book uh, for science. So uh, instead she blew up the science lab and then they (laughs) sent her home covered in goo and she saw an ice cream truck. So she was still happy because she got to buy ice cream except that it fell on the ground, but she ate it anyways. And that became one that was two pages right in this book and uh-huh. so i just did that for every little oh vignette and it it became that's the best-selling book that i have worked on it was titled one day the end Wow. and it, it won a boston globe horn book honor so i got to fly out you know to nice. boston for the red carpet ceremony and all that sort of stuff like it was just really it was it was neat to to see that and that so that kind of became like my other calling card i was like Keep sending me weird books Mm -hmm. like I want I want the books that any like that nobody else could even figure out how to illustrate. Because if it's a puzzle, if you have to figure out a visual solution for it, then then that's you know, that's an exciting and curious thing for me.
0: Well, when what did the right how did the writer react to that? I mean, was she like, you got me. I told this is exactly what I was hoping someone would do without like telling you to do that or
1: no you know she had actually sent uh she had sent two versions of that word document and one had her art notes in it and one Mm. had no notes in it i refused to open the one with her notes in it because i was like no No." (laughs) if i'm gonna do this we're gonna be equal partners that's right and she has since become like a super good friend and and neither one of us you know knew when we when we set out that that it was gonna be as successful as it was but Again, one success leads to another. Right. So, so you know, after I did that, then, of course, the, the um, publishing company wanted to sign me up for more books. Mm-hmm. And then when I, you know, approached them with the novel that I'd written, they were like, OK, we want to publish your novel. So mm-hmm. they offered me a two book deal on the novels. And and so now it's just, you know, it's it's a perpetual sort of machine in the industry where I know what my voice is. I know what my style is. I know how to pitch my next story. And sometimes there are years in between book deals. So that's, you know, like Uh I was just having the conversation yesterday with someone who said, so can you really make a living as Uh a writer? (laughs) And that's and that's where I'm like, well, yes, but um, (laughs) and I I like to use the analogy of of treasure hunting because I'm also like I'm a 13 year old at heart. And Uh I love I love uh, to go to the East Coast beaches and look for the you know stuff that washes up from the yes from the lost treasure fleet you Mm -hmm. know and and i'm like if i'm counting on that to feed my family i'm going to be sorely disappointed Mm -hmm. but if i keep at it for years i'm gonna find something really (laughs) cool and have a good time while i'm doing it right
0: right good analogy yeah so just back to this one last question about this particular book because i'm interested did you ever go back and read her notes
1: I have not, although I bet the email is still there.
0: Oh, I can't believe that would have killed me. Yeah, I I would have like, I I mean, I love the fact that you didn't do it and you went your own direction and it turned out so amazingly successful, but I would just want to know, I'd just be like, what the heck was she thinking? I want to know how off target, because how cool would it be if, I mean, I'm sure you've had conversations. Did she say you took me in a completely different direction? Oh yeah. 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 This was not where she
1: was intending the book to go.
0: (laughs) Well, that's interesting that you went in a different direction, but she still went with it. Oh, yeah. 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 So I guess she saw the vision. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And that's I think at the end of the day, that's that's what you have to be able to do for for anything. If yeah. you want to if you want to work in government, if right. you want to work in the arts, if you want to start a business, you have to be able to cast a vision for where you're headed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. So you have written how many written and published. I'm sorry. I keep saying published, but I meant illustrate. Your own books? How many total? Okay,
1: so at this point, there are only there are three of mine where I'm both the writer and the illustrator. There are six six I believe where I'm just the illustrator, uh, and then we've got uh, gosh now I've got graphic novels out on submission. I've got another illustrated novel out on submission right now. So uh, we're you know we're. Waiting for—I mean, the the industry's slow. Mm -hmm. That's the other—that's the other thing. Like, uh, self-publishing has got us to a place, or or, uh, indie publishing—we we we call it now—where somebody can say, "Hey, you know, I have this book idea. I wrote it in two weeks, and now I'm going to publish it and Mm -hmm. have uh, you know a thousand copies in my garage." Right, and that—and that is a way forward. Uh, If you want to work in the traditional publishing industry with advances and royalties where the publishers are partnering with you um, to, you know, get you into an international distribution network, those timelines are more like a year, a year and a half uh, between when you sign that contract and when that book comes out.
0: Yeah. So an illustrated novel, that's, that's, is that, who's the target for that?
1: Uh, I would say like middle school age kids. Okay. Um, Yeah. And, and especially reluctant readers. Like those are, Mm. those are my favorite ones because- there's a lot of times you can sit down and show uh, show something in pictures that, that the the kids are like, Oh, that's so cool. And yeah. then all of a sudden they're willing to, to spend read. yeah, the time reading the actual pages. No,
0: that is that is that is an excellent point. I mean, it didn't even occur to me that the, the reluctant reader is gonna be interest more interested in those photos and as and and if they are really engaging, amazing illustrations, that's going to make them want to read the story that goes along with it. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. So proud of you, Fred. Oh,
1: thanks.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to have to take another break and we're going to come back and have the whole conversation about Fred's relationship with Catapult because he's currently a catapulter, but obviously he was already successful. So it's not... It's not a catapult for writing and illustrating. So we're going to do some talk about that when we come back. Stick with us. Thanks for sticking with us. You're listening to Downtown Dish. I'm your host, Julie Townsend. And with me in the studio is Fred Kaler. Fred is a man about town, but he is also a very successful local writer and illustrator. And uh, thanks for being here today, Fred, and sharing your story.
1: Of course, of course. I'm so glad to do it.
0: So we were talking about your path as the writer and the illustrator. Um, But you have taken on another challenge in your professional career, uh, and you are launching that through Catapult. So first, tell us what is Catapult for those people who may not know, and then we'll go from there.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I, I do have a great story to share about <laughs> catapult, and so you know I was working as a writer and illustrator. I had my advertising agency because again, you still have to make logos for dentists, right? Um, <laughs> and and uh, you know I was I was called to a meeting where, where someone said, hey, you know we're we're gonna launch a a center for entrepreneurs, and it's gonna be like this big cool co working space, and uh, and and it's gonna be a place where where every kind of small business owner, anyone who has an idea for a business can come and they can test out their assumptions and they can, you know, and they can launch their business from, it. and we're going to call it Catapult. And that was, uh, that was with, uh, Meg, uh, Bellamy, Mm -hmm. um, who, uh, or Meg Welch, I believe, sorry, uh, who at the time she was the executive director of Catapult and that wasn't a thing yet. And so we met for coffee and, and I was like, you know, Meg, I I don't know if that would work. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not sure. I believe in that as an idea, but you know what? I will I will help you out. I'll do the logo for it. <laughs> so so Meg and I sat and sketched out uh, catapult's logo on a napkin, and now it's like today it's like 20 feet tall on the side right. of the building, which awesome. is kind of cool, yeah, yeah, to see. Um, and and so and it hasn't really changed, you know, in in its core sort of uh, mission, mm-hmm. which is. You know, to, to help people who have an idea for a business go in, test your assumptions, find out if your business idea really has legs, and then take it to market. And yeah. that's I, – I love that for Lakeland. I I think that the most innovative people uh, in the world, they, they need that sort of – they need that support structure. Mm-hmm. And and the more successful um, Catapult is, the more successful I think Lakeland is going to be.
0: Yeah, agreed. Yeah, we, we... – we love our catapulters that we have at the farmers' curb market, and um, and we just have a lot of great talent coming out of that out of that out of that building. Um, so, your what is your business venture there? So, it's not it's not writing and illustrating.
1: It's not writing and illustrating, but it's still in the publishing industry. Mm-hmm. So, uh, obviously, you know when when you are successful as as uh, an artist of any sort as a creative of any sort people are going to come to you and they're going to say hey you know how can i do exactly what <laughs> you did and and the the tough answer is well you can't right um because everybody's going to have their own path um but you know what i what i was able to do over time was sort of develop the develop this system that got me from you know from hey I want to write a book all the way to I'm working in the publishing industry and and as we're sort of like we're putting together worksheets and curriculum and all this sort of stuff but as we're doing this we stumbled on this really cool concept that had never been done before Uh, and it was basically a platform where writers could exchange feedback on their work and those do exist so there are platforms out there like that But what we wanted to do was build data analytics into it. And so uh, what we ended up with was a really ramped up forum uh, where writers exchange uh, stories that they're working on Mm -hmm. and then, but it's tokenized so that before you're allowed to post your work, you have to give feedback to four other people. Okay. And so on this platform, essentially a writer comes in and they give feedback to four people, then they post their work, then they get feedback from four people and... We measure the analytics of it all. So we're asking them to give each other uh, a score Mm -hmm. on voice, on narrative voice, on character development, on plot, on dialogue. And so on all these different elements of craft that we know are critical Mm -hmm. to being successful in the industry. Now, what's super cool, and the company's called Ready Chapter One, by the way. Uh, What's really cool is that Ready Chapter One owns all of the analytics data on this. So literally, if I have a hundred thousand writers on my site, I can look at it right now and tell you which twenty are ready for a publishing deal based on the aggregate analytics of everybody's feedback.
0: Wow! I
1: know, right? So, <laughs> so what that because here's the thing: when I say it took me ten years to break in, mm-hmm. it's because I could only go to one conference every six months. Right. And so I would go six months in between feedback sessions and i would get one person's opinion on what mm. i was working on what if they told me the wrong thing right what if yeah. you know what if that trend is gone by the time i'm b- come back right so what we're doing is in real time right giving people the feedback that they need to be successful uh so when i show this off to actual real publishers who offer publishing deals to authors they're like oh so if I show it to a big publisher, they're like, hmm, oh. not super interested in that. If I show it to a small publisher, they're oh. like, oh, this is data analytics that will make us competitive with the big publishers. That's right. So what's really cool, and this isn't hasn't been announced yet, and I don't think I have the memorandum of understanding signed yet, but <laughs> I'll go ahead and say it. Okay. Yeah. So the the first publisher that we showed this to, who was super duper uh, interested in, is called Bushel and Peck. They're a, they're a publisher out of California. Uh, love them very much, but they're they're disruptive in the marketplace, mm. just and they're trying to be as disruptive as we are. Right. So he looked at the data analytics that we're doing, and he's like, Fred, this is so cool. Can you help me find? some new writers because we need to grow our list of, of middle-grade writers. Right. And I said, yes. And, he's, and I was like, but how do we do that? He's like, well, what if we, you know, ran a contest or a challenge or da-da-da-da-da. And I was like, yeah, how's about we run a contest and then I'll take all the top scoring entries from that contest and I'll deliver them to you. Uh, and you can see if you want, you know, if you want to license any of them. He's like, no. Hey. <laughs> He said, we're going to run that contest. We're going to do everything you just said, except I'm going to guarantee a book deal for somebody from your platform, because I know you're starting out. Right. And it's totally worth it to me to take a risk with you to help make you successful and help draw people to your platform.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: So, like, that was one little tick of confirmation. It's like, okay, we're on the right track here. We're doing some cool stuff. And, you know, when we run this, we're, it's going to be a nationwide competition, uh, and it's literally it, it's geared towards middle-grade writers. Right. Um, however, if you write for adults, if you write nonfiction, like whatever it is, there's no reason you can't take a stab at writing for middle school-age kids right. and create a novel uh, if you want to participate in this competition. Because the cool thing is we know 100% for certain Guaranteed in writing that somebody from our mm-hmm. platform is going to get a book deal out of this.
0: That's really cool. So, all the writers that you're trying to attract right now, you're looking for people that write to that to that age group. Our our platform
1: has space for every uh, every genre. Right. We're, we started with fiction, so we have yeah. you know we have adult sci-fi, we have romance, we have um, <laughs> you know we have elf quests, we have mm-hmm. like. Every every different sort of uh, of novel writing, all the way down to you know uh, probably about middle grade, like middle school age novels. Yeah. So so right now it's 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 we're focused on narrative fiction, and we are opening up a narrative nonfiction section. So that's if you know you have an incredible life story mm-hmm. uh, that you want to tell. There's there's going to be a space for that as well. Gotcha.
0: So. Th- I guess with with focusing on that particular sort of uh, age group, you've got people who are who are uh, giving feedback on things that they're familiar with. So is that is that kind of why it's it's? I, I guess my question is, when you get into the nonfiction, are you going to only let other people who write nonfiction give feedback on the nonfiction?
1: Correct. Yeah. yeah. So we've got everything broken into yeah. categories just so that you've got like minded writers right. in the same yes. space because. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've gotten to judge some of the contests uh, that we're doing. And, you know, like, there's been some romance stuff, which is not my genre at all. How I, like, recognize the brilliance of it, but then my right. ears turn red and I'm yeah. like,
0: no, I got to stop right here. Get a little hot under the collar. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so let the people that kind of, you know, that's their area of, of expertise, if you will, uh Take care of that. Yeah, that's very interesting. Um, All right, well, we're going to continue our conversation with Fred, so stick around. Thanks for sticking with us. You're listening to Downtown Dish. I'm your host, Julie Townsend, and with me today is Fred Kaler. We have been talking about his writing and illustrating career and now the launch of his new company at Catapult called Ready Chapter One. Ready Chapter One. Very cool. Yes,
1: and it's uh, you can find it at readychapterone.com with the numeral one yes. not spelled out.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, quick jump back to your published books. I know that folks can probably find them locally somewhere, right? Where can we find your your books?
1: So, I'm gonna say to go to Prest uh, bookstore. And if they don't have any right now, I'm sure she will buzz my cell phone and say, <laughs> Fred, bring some books over, and I will.
0: <laughs> so do you have them in boxes at your house, or how does that work? Y-
1: yes. So th- I do have – th- so books go out – <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> books do go out of print. Yes. And that is uh, and that is a sad thing about the publishing industry. But, yeah, so when uh, when two of my books went out of print, I told the publisher that rather than see them – uh, pulped, which is you know where mm-hmm. they recycle them. I was like, no, 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 just I'll buy them from you. Uh-huh. So, so yeah, I've got a couple of boxes of uh, of books that were left over that aren't that aren't uh, available anymore. So maybe maybe the better thing to say is now they're collector's items. They're exactly. Rare books. Yeah.
0: Yes. Use your marketing hat. Yeah, yes. Rare collectibles. Only
1: available at pressed coffee and shops. And you could sign them all. And I could sign them all. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's awesome. All right, so. Um, what does that, what do you, what does that mean? They go, they go out of publication. They just like stop. They're like, we're never going to print another one of these books, even yeah. if people want them.
1: Yeah. That's kind of, that's, that's the that's the nuts and bolts of <laughs> publishing. Yep. Um,
0: yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So they are collectibles. They, they are. They indeed. truly are. They are indeed. All right. So you've, so this has been, you know, a, a now we're in 2018. This is a 20-year journey from your now we're not in 2018. I meant yeah. we've passed 2018, which would have been 20 years from now. Now it's you're 25 years from from college, is that fair Ish. to say? Yes. Ish? Yeah. Yes. I mean you started college in 98, is that what Correct. you Okay. Yeah. So you're 20, 20 years into this career, you've you've created for yourself. Um what kind of advice do you want to give out those youngins out there trying to write their stories and drop cutie pictures.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, so <laughs> through uh, through my work in publishing and through Ready Chapter 1, we talked to a ton mm-hmm. of aspiring writers and and folks who are trying to, you know, just trying to take their shot in the publishing industry or in any entertainment industry really. And and what I love to start with is is the idea of being in the top 1%. Mm-hmm. So in two specific areas. And, and think about this, think about if you were a musician, if you were a painter, uh, if you m- handmade leather goods, I mean, whatever it is in, in any sort of craft-based um, scenario, if you're in the top 1% of everyone who does what you do, so that's our craft you know, pillar, uh-huh. and you're, everyone knows who you are, you're in the top 1% of being known, your chances of success are exponentially higher uh-huh. uh, no matter no matter what it is you do right. so you know think taylor swift right, right. she's she's top 0. 0001% right. in craft and network so therefore she is successful and that's that's kind of what we are trying to push people towards within you know with our platform is is work to become the top 1% of of everyone at your writing at the thing that you do and then simultaneously work to be known. And so working to be known means going to a lot of conferences, mm-hmm. shaking hands, you know, if, switching out your introvert writer hat where you love to sit in the corner of the coffee mm. shop and just hang out and then put on your extrovert author hat, which is where you stand up and you mm-hmm. talk to people and you right. make relationships. Yeah. Ugh.
0: And, yeah,
1: I know. Right. It's not, it, that is not the fun part for, for most people. And, and it wasn't for me either. Cause yeah. I'm naturally extremely introverted. Uh, and, and I, I loves me my quiet time.
0: Um, <laughs> well, you have to be a salesperson, <clears throat> which is not yep. what you bargain for when you're writing, right? That's not what you plan. Yeah. And if
1: I could have, if I could have gone back in time and added a business degree to my art degree, mm. even a minor, mm-hmm. like I feel like I might've been, you know, 30 steps ahead of mm-hmm. where I'm at today just because it, I had to, I had to learn all of that trial by fire right? and, and by, you know, running into brick wall after yeah. brick wall after brick wall. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, those are, you know, that's kind of where I would start is, you know, know that you've got to build your, build up your craft to be the best. And, and then even then you still have to build up your network yeah. to, so that you know, all the key players in your, in whatever creative pursuit, uh, you you're going
0: after. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned the self-publishing world sure. also. And so how does that play in? I mean, do you, do you, do you, the writers that you interact with—is there—is there a known quantity of those who go ahead and self-publish and 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 then they end up getting picked up? I mean, is it is it is there any more likely that you get picked up because you've gone ahead and self-published and maybe proof of concept people are buying your book?
1: Yeah, and people people like to point towards like uh, Andy Weir, who's a writer. He wrote The Martian, mm-hmm. um, which you know became the film oh, with yeah, Matt Damon. It did, and. And that was, that started off soft pub. Publish. So ah. did, and, and, and there are stories like that, mm-hmm. but the, the challenge is that mm-hmm. those are the one in a million. Right. And, and so most people that we meet say, yeah, but I could be one in a million as well. And, and <laughs> you could, and you can, and you can't, the <laughs> same, same way I could go out tomorrow with my metal detector and maybe find, you know, an entire <laughs> yes. box of, of
0: gold, gold doubloons. Yes. Yeah. From, from 1892. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. That's just bursting bubbles left and right. No, 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 no. So we so we
1: talk about (laughs) we we talk about how inspiration will get you going. Mm -hmm. But a system will make you successful. Yeah. And that's what uh, if you find me at 530 or 6am on any given day, I'm going to be that's my most creative time of the day. So you're going to find me writing or drawing, um, even though I've got a million other things to do. So Because I know that I have committed to putting in a couple of hours every day, Uh even if even if everything else is going nuts, Uh like that system that I've created for myself ensures that I get one new novel written every year. Uh It ensures that I get, you know, a whole bunch of illustrations added to my portfolio every year. And that is that's what everybody needs to do if you want to be successful in the arts is you have to find the system that works for you and and have the discipline attached Uh to it. And nobody likes the word discipline, but yeah. I'll tell you that that's the game changer. That's yeah. the thing that makes the difference.
0: So you're still open to being an illustrator for other people's written words, right? You Absolutely. Just, that's still a path for you. And of course, writing your own writing and illustrating your own. When you are illustrating for someone else, are you changing the look? You know, of of your drawings, like if they, you have a, a very specific look that's yours and unique to y- what you write. Do you change that for other books?
1: Yeah, I I tend to lean more into uh, theme than than a specific art style. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so my art style, you know, is is usually a little messy, um, but I've done like, I've done cut paper, I've done uh, pencil drawings, I've done digital. So I've, I've I think I've even done watercolor. Mm. Um, so I, I've used a lot of different mediums, but you know, the books that I work on uh, tend to, they, they tend to have a family theme or an outdoors theme, mm-hmm. uh, or they've got these really cool, Quirky kinds of narrative structure, mm-hmm. um, and so so I, I tend to lean more into: Did the book speak to me? Like, did the did the manuscript speak to me as a as a, just as a human being? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's what makes me say yes or no to to illustrating a manuscript. You've said no. Oh yeah.
0: Oh. Yeah, I've
1: I, I shouldn't say this, but I've turned down my last five book offers. <gasps> I know. Wow. They weren't. I didn't want to do them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Clearly, okay. Well, it has been a pleasure chatting with you. You are you are such a fun person and have such an inspiring story. And uh, I know that you love downtown, and uh, I appreciate all those years you using Mitchell's as your office, because every time I would go there, there's Fred. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, discipline. That, there's the yeah. discipline. There's the discipline, there's the discipline. So yeah, tell us your website one more time about your company, that way if somebody's an aspiring writer, they can.
1: Absolutely, yes, if you're an aspiring writer, Check out ReadyChapter1.com with the numeral one. And if you just want to learn more about my books, it's
0: Ilikefred.com. Ilikefred.com is where your books can be Correct. found. Oh, excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much, Fred, for being on the show. And uh thanks for everyone listening. And until next time, have a great week.